The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2705. Well, it's Monday, which means it's another FET day, and we're going to talk about the next two appearances of Boba Fett's. They are in the short story anthology Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark. Punch it. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So just to give you the refresher, or if you're newly joining us, hi. <laughs> Here's the deal with our Fet Day episodes. There is comparatively little in canon Star Wars storytelling about Boba Fett over the years. And so because of that, and because, of course, the Book of Boba Fett is coming out a month from today. A month from today. How about that? We're going over Boba Fett's history as it's been told to us in the canon so far. And today we're looking at Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark. This is a short story anthology that came out a couple of years ago. And in particular, there are two stories. One is called Bane's Story by Tom Engelberger, and the other is The Lost Night Sister by Zorada Cordova. And these stories retell stories that were in the Clone Wars TV series, but because of the fact that they are short stories and have more room to breathe and play and do stuff, there's more detail within these stories than you get for the episodes. So in the case of Bane's story, that adapts the four episode story arc where Obi-Wan disguises himself as the bounty hunter Reiko Hardin, and in that particular story arc, there's one episode, which is Deception, in which Boba Fett appears, and then The Lost Night Sister adapts the episode Bounty, which we just talked about in our Fett Day episode last week. So let's start with Bane's story by Tom Engelberger, since it takes place first, comparatively speaking, in the chronology, and also within the whole collection of short stories, too. So that particular story is a first-person account by Cad Bane of the events of those four episodes. It's framed with a prologue and an epilogue that are entirely new, and the prologue of the story is actually also something taking place after the events of that four-episode story arc. It is Cad Bane being delivered back to the Republic prison, and Boba Fett and Bosk are there when he arrives, and Boba Fett's mad because he says, like, what are you doing back here? We just, you know did all this to get you busted out here. This is pretty sloppy. And Cad Bane has to tell the sad story of that story arc, sad from his perspective at least, and reveal that he did not get paid, which means that Boba Fett is not going to get paid. Boba, of course, is not particularly happy about that. And in the narrative, Bane reflects that there's nobody in the prison that he would let talk to him the way Boba does, but he has some sort of feeling for Boba, some sort of appreciation for him. And also, <laughs> he notes that he owes Django a few favors. So yeah, he's keeping track of this. And it's kind of interesting from the Cad Bane perspective to know that 
there's something resembling honor in that situation because he could have been like, Django's dead, my debts are erased. But no, he's actually thinking about Boba Fett in terms of the fact that not only does he see something of himself in the kid, but he also has debts on his ledger that are owed toward Django that he's kind of carrying forward in thinking about Boba Fett. So Bane tells them the story and then at the epilogue wraps it up by saying, well, we got played by the Jedi and we didn't get paid and I lost another hat. <laughs> and the way he delivers it, it feels like it's an equivalency for him, which is really funny. It causes Boba Fett to react with the understandable, Jedi are the worst kind of exclamation. And Cad Bane agrees and says, you know, it didn't used to be like this. He seems to think that the Jedi behaved differently and now he's not sure he wants to kind of engage in the bounty hunting game anymore under these circumstances. He says, maybe I should just retire and let you, Boba Fett, become the best bounty hunter in the galaxy and take my place. And Bosk, of course, is with them and <laughs> takes offense to this. And Cad Bane says, yeah, sure, Bosk, you too. And says, that he's lying about it, Cad Bane does in the narrative. And so they are enjoying a meal and that's the end of that. But Boba says, well, hey, we've got a job that we're planning, me and Bosk, and it's gonna be way bigger than anything that Guy Eval that he was working with the whole story arc, way bigger than anything he had planned. And we're gonna need you, Cad Bane, we need your guns. And Cad Bane says, yeah, I'm not gonna retire until I give Kenobi what's coming for him, which is a blaster bolt right between the eyes which obviously we know doesn't happen. As to what job Boba is talking about that could involve Cad Bane, we don't know what that is yet. You know, maybe it's gonna show up as we continue to <laughs> investigate stories, but it's not the bounty episode because Cad Bane is not a part of that crew. But one thing from the conversation that we had about Deception a couple of weeks ago that I had wondered about, and also even mentioned in Bounty as well last week, is when Boba Fett got out of prison. So it seemed like it was possible, especially considering that the Cad Bane story arc and the Asajj Ventress story arc take place one right after the other, it seemed to make a logical sense that Boba Fett and Bosk would have escaped from Republic custody during the same riot that they had staged in order to help Cad Bane and that guy Eval get out. Well, it turns out that's not the case. They are still stuck in prison after that riot, and so they get out somehow of their own volition. And that story, as far as I know, hasn't been told anywhere either. If there is even a story, <laughs> maybe they've been paroled by now. I don't know. But that is everything that we know about the Deception episode with that additional information from Tom Engelberger in Bane's story in Clone Wars Light and Dark. I should give it the proper full title, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Stories of Light and Dark. All right, so the other story in there is The Lost Night Sister by Zorada Cordova, and that only adapts one episode of The Clone Wars, the Bounty episode, as opposed to Tom Engelberger's story, which adapted four episodes in total. And this one gives us a little more Ventress backstory stuff. As far as Boba Fett stuff goes, though, there's not a heck of a lot more. There are just, I think, three particular things I would flag about it. One of them is as they are taking off to go out for the job, Boba Fett 
is checking out Asajj Ventress's lightsabers and says, let's see if you can keep up with the rest of Crate's claw. And Ventress says, oh, is that what you call yourselves? And is smirking about it. So we find out that that collective of bounty hunters is called Crate's claw. And it has sort of a rotating cast apparently, but Boba Fett is the leader of this collective of bounty hunters. And it actually has a name. But I suppose the word leader might be pushing things because in the moment where Asajj and Boba have their confrontation. Prior to Asajj putting Boba in the box, Ventress says that in her narrative, she's thinking that he's not a leader. They're talking about the cut and Boba is saying, oh yeah, you know, we're about to deliver it and you'll get your share. And Ventress says, my share, like it's just you and me standing here. I deserve half of this. And Boba is like, no, you know, that's not how this works. And Ventress notes to herself that Boba has not asked about the status or the welfare of the other four bounty hunters on the job and thinks that this reflects poorly on him as a leader. She says, this isn't a leader that I'm looking at here. And then at the end, when she arrives back up in that landing bay that's attached to the pressurized elevator, going up out of the planet's atmosphere. So she finds all the other bounty hunters and they've survived. She was thinking that she was gonna just steal the houndstooth and take off, but <laughs> nope, the other bounty hunters are there. And she gives them the suitcase as is depicted in the episode and says, I just took my cut out of there and Boba's cut is in there too, make sure he gets it. And they say, you know, where is he? And she's like, oh, he'll be around. And so, you know, that particular thing in the beginning of their briefing, when the guy is like, yeah, don't disappoint and don't blow this job or, you know, that'll be getting paid will be the least of your worries or whatever the threat was basically that they'll get killed if they don't fulfill this job. Well, that's clearly not what happens because they didn't fulfill the job and Boba Fett is delivered as a captive to these people and they don't kill him. He somehow gets away. We don't necessarily know the details of that yet either, but it happens. And Ventress is hoping that by giving the other bounty hunters of Crate's Claw the rest of the credits and leaving Boba Fett's share in there, that this will somehow square her with Boba Fett. I don't know if it will, quite frankly, because, I mean, it's one thing to just leave his money, but to put him through the indignity of that, yeah, he's... <laughs> not going to be happy about that at all, I'm sure. And I have a feeling he's the kind of person who's going to hold a grudge. At least at that age, he is. I mean, maybe things change over time. But speaking of that, it's kind of interesting to consider Ventress's observation that Boba Fett is not a leader, does not seem to have the character or the qualities of a leader at that moment in time. Considering how we meet him in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, where he is definitely a lone wolf operative, he is not really teaming up with anyone in those two movies. I think there are team-ups that happen in other stories that we can look at, and you know we'll be talking about those in the coming weeks. But he does seem to be more oriented toward himself. And so when we see him in the Book of Boba Fett trailer, and he says, I intend to rule with respect, He's talking about ruling, but he's not necessarily talking about leading. And if there is the possibility that he may be thinking about this in leadership terms, not just in iron-fisted ruling terms, we might see that in that whole dinner scene that has been depicted in Boba Fett trailers and commercials so far. So yeah, 
a lot to be learned, but it's interesting to see how Boba's journey is developing so far. And that right there is where we're going to call it a day for this episode. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.